Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. Coming up. She said she's been carrying mace with her, kind of, you know, looking in all directions, wherever she goes, and just hoping that uh, he has tired of this case and maybe is just happy that he's out of prison. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. In 2016, a jury in Yamhill County, Oregon, voted 10 to 2 to convict Pedro Sanchez of second-degree assault for allegedly attacking a woman with a sledgehammer. But it's a conviction that didn't last long. Last year, that conviction was overturned after the U.S. Supreme Court ruled Oregon could no longer allow convictions on jury verdicts that weren't unanimous. A retrial was scheduled for early 2021, but Sanchez's accuser says safety concerns amid the COVID-19 pandemic kept her from showing up to testify. And Sanchez is now a free man. I just don't see how it, it ever should come down to a, a decision of whether I want to be safe from COVID or safe from the person who hit me in the head with a sledgehammer. Catherine Cook, you've been reporting on this case with KGW in Portland, Oregon. And this case has been an unusual series of events. Is that fair? Definitely fair, Reed. Uh, I would I would go so far as to say it's complicated at the very least. And I usually like to start at the very beginning of a story and work toward the present. But with this case, let's actually start with the most recent news because I found it so surprising. The headline of your most recent story was Oregon hammer attack suspect walked free after woman refuses to testify without a mask in court. Essentially, this key witness wanted to wear a mask in court, and that somehow resulted in her alleged attacker walking free. Connect the dots for us. What happened? Well, basically, you are right. And that's kind of what we heard going into the story. But as we kind of peel back the layers, uh, we learned some interesting new information. Uh, On its face, what you just said is true. But after speaking with the judge in the case who ultimately ended up dismissing it because the key witness in this case, the alleged victim, didn't show up, uh, she... She told me that she didn't know at the time that she didn't show up because she wasn't allowed to wear a mask. So basically, from the judge's point of view, you have a case, you have a retrial that's set to start on a Monday, and your key witness, your only witness in this case, doesn't show up. Mm. So the state filed a motion to dismiss the case. The judge uh, granted that motion, and then more information comes out later that day, but it's too late. Um, The judge told me that, you know, had she known uh, you know, things might be different, but she didn't want to give any hypotheticals because by then it was too late. So let's go back to the beginning now, five years ago. Walk me through the day that this woman, Heather Fawcett, was attacked. What happened? Right. So from what I understand, uh, Pedro Sanchez, the man she accused of attacking her with a hammer, was an acquaintance of her then-boyfriend, 
uh, he'd come into town and couch surf, had some addiction challenges. This is what she says. And um, at one point showed up at their house uh, belligerent and attacked her and threatened her life, uh, left and then came back and attacked her allegedly with a hammer, uh, left her pretty bloody, badly injured. Um, and that ultimately landed them in uh, a courtroom the first time around in 2016 for a trial for second degree assault. Now, a jury back then convicted Pedro Sanchez, uh, voting 10 to 2 on second degree assault. And Sanchez was ultimately sentenced to almost six years in prison. Mm. That seems to make sense until you fast forward to last year when a U.S. Supreme Court uh, ruled that uh, criminal trial juries had to convict the defendant uh, with a unanimous vote. Otherwise, it, it wouldn't count. So in this case, 10 to 2 uh, no longer stood up. And that Supreme Court ruling then didn't just apply to future cases, it actually affected this case retroactively. Right, right. That's the better way to say it. Yes. And it applied to Oregon and I believe Louisiana and uh, Puerto Rico were the only other areas that uh, had uh, similar non-unanimous policies for for criminal trials. So yes, so Pedro Sanchez uh, was uh, granted a retrial. So that's where we come to this retrial. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. During this initial trial then back in 2016, do we know what prosecutors alleged as far as a motive, why they've said this man allegedly attacked this woman with a hammer? You know what? I don't. uh, I did not cover the case the first time around back in 2016, so I can't share any details on that end. But I've seen photographs uh, and I have spoken with the alleged victim. Uh, She says he just suffered from drug-related problems, was a violent person, had an extensive criminal history. But in terms of a personal motive, um, I couldn't tell you exactly what that was. And thankfully, of course, Heather Fawcett did survive her injuries. But obviously, this this could have been much, much worse, not to mention that I'm sure there are, you know, all kinds of possible mental and emotional traumas of having to experience that attack. From what I can tell, that's absolutely correct. Uh, interviewing her, you could tell she was emotionally fragile. She was shaking. She was uh, in tears at times. Um, The man, the last time she spoke with him, he said she threatened to kill her and her dog. The last thing he said to me was, I'll kill you and your dog someday. And uh, he walked out of prison. Heather Fawcett is living in fear since the man once convicted of hitting her in the head with a sledgehammer walked out of prison Monday. I just have to be careful, be aware, carry mace and hope. She said she's been carrying mace with her, kind of, you know, looking in all directions, wherever she goes, and just hoping that uh, he has tired of this case and maybe is just happy that he's out of prison. And I I certainly hope so, too, for her sake. 
So getting to the retrial then, which as you mentioned was scheduled for early 2021, Heather Fawcett, because her alleged attacker is being retried, she would have to testify in court again. And I know the COVID-19 pandemic has affected our court systems in a whole lot of different ways. I really hadn't considered the added stress of having to testify in court right now, on top of that already being a stressful situation for most people, especially victims. And from your reporting, it sounds like Heather Fawcett had safety concerns about appearing in court and wanted to make sure that she'd be able to wear a face covering when she testified. Yeah, that's what she shared with me. Uh, Both of her parents are over 65, and she says that she sees them often and is their main caretaker. So given the risks uh, of COVID-19 that are still with us, she says that she made it very clear to the Yamhill County DA's office from the start that she would not be willing to appear in court without wearing a mask. And I told them four months ago I would not enter a courtroom without a mask on under any circumstances, no matter what happened. Now, the Yamhill County uh, Court makes allowances and tries to accommodate uh, everybody as as best they can within reason. Uh, this is what they tell me um, pertaining to COVID-19 concerns. Uh, but in this case, um, Heather Fawcett says that Um, Pedro Sanchez, the defendant, filed a motion that would not allow Ms. Fawcett to wear a mask in court. Uh, The reason, uh, apparently, is that he wanted to cash in his defendant's rights to face his accuser face-to-face. You know, in any other time than uh, this global pandemic, it might seem reasonable, but in this case, right. um, there are complications, clearly. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that statute wasn't written during a pandemic. Right. And that's where some critics say, you know, the judge should have exercised uh, discretion. Um, certainly, she did what she felt was right legally. Um, but uh, a lot of a lot of folks don't think that in this case, as you said, you know this this statute was not written um, recently. So there are definitely some folks who are concerned with how that panned out. And as you mentioned, then Yamhill County Judge Jennifer Chapman has since told KGW she didn't know Heather Fawcett had those specific safety concerns, and that she didn't know on the day why her witness was a no show when she dismissed the case. Do we know where or why there was this gap in communication where the judge did not realize that this witness was not showing up because of safety concerns? Not at this time. Uh, the way Judge Chapman described it to me was a miscommunication. Uh, I asked her when it was that she learned uh, about Ms. Fawcett's concerned, concerns, and she told me it was later on that day. So the gap was small, but clearly critical. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly, um, the ramifications were huge. I, I did ask judge Chapman hypothetically, if she had known, uh, before she dismissed the case that, that Ms. Fossa didn't show up because of her concerns over COVID-19 and, uh, not wearing a mask, if, if that would have changed things, what she would have done. And, and her answer was, you know, I, I just, I can't answer that. I don't give hypotheticals because I did not know that information at the time. So I honestly don't know what we would have done was her answer. When you spoke to Heather after the case was dismissed, what did she have to say? What did that news mean to her? She was devastated. Uh, In her words, she was pissed. Uh, She Mm. was scared for her life. 
Um, she was just completely shocked at how the situation played out. So as things stand, then Pedro Sanchez, her alleged attacker, is a free man. In terms of prosecution or legal options, is this the end of the road, do we know? Or is there a chance we could see further developments in this case at some point? I asked the DA that very question, Reed, and my answer was, this is the end. Uh, Reason being, the the original case has reached its uh, statute of limitations. So this this is it. Catherine Cook with KGW in Portland. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks once again for tuning in to another episode of The Daily Crime. We're here every day, Monday through Friday, so make sure you subscribe or follow us on whatever podcast app you use. If you're looking for more true crime podcasts, you can head over to vaultstudios.com to see our full list of shows. That'll do it for today. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. <laughs>